0: Well, tonight, we are talking about the FBI's handling of the Mar-a-Lago raid, also the Hunter Biden investigation, and boy, so much more. And joining us now is James Galliano. He is a former FBI supervisory agent. He's also a security and law enforcement analyst. And uh, James, really great to have you here on The Rita Cosby Show.
1: Rita, it's good to join you again. It's been a while, and and I love the fact that I'm, I'm butted up against the back to blue segment. I, that makes me really happy. What a, what a very neat segment that is.
0: And you know, James, we do it every night here on the show because, as you know, I'm an enormous supporter of law enforcement, and there are so many great men and women out there that work so hard and and they're silent heroes often. And I think it's important that we shine a light on them. And, and I say bravo to that, don't you?
1: I, I do too, and I and I appreciate the fact that you do that. Uh, there are there are about eight hundred thousand law enforcement officers in the United States, and you're right; they are special men and women that always run to the sound of the guns and go in harm's way. So, so what? A, what a nice way to honor them.
0: Absolutely. It's my favorite part of the show, other than the guests, of course, uh, like you, James. And James, I want to talk with you first off, because we're talking a lot. There's been so much attention on law enforcement. And overwhelmingly, and I know you agree with this, um, you know, you look at the people that are, and especially FBI, as we're focusing a lot on tonight here on the show, overwhelmingly 99.99999% are great, incredible men and women. Uh, who are devoted to justice, devoted to fairness. Um, And there have been obviously a bit of politics involved with at least some of them, and we're going to get to that later in the show. But I want to just ask you first off your thoughts about some of the big news this week in the Trump case, particularly the fact that now a judge has granted a special master, sort of an independent party, to look at the documents that were seized by the FBI in that Mar-a-Lago raid. What's your reaction to that?
1: Well, Rita, I don't want to say that I was stunned to hear the news. It's it's clearly a win for uh, the former president. And as you pointed out, a special master is essentially a third party that comes in and reviews all the evidence that was collected at Mar-a-Lago during the uh, FBI's executed search warrant. And look, I think what's what is I don't want to say unprecedented this has happened before in other situations but I mean this is obviously a case that's on the front of every newspaper and and leads every every newscast um is is not just the fact that you know the special master is going to be p- taking a look at at things that might be might be covered under let's say attorney-client privilege but also executive privilege and I think that's going to be you know, that's something that the Department of Justice has, has already kind of cried foul about, and I think they're going to push back on that. That's the part that I was somewhat surprised about because executive privilege, that's a pretty wide aperture, and that gives you a lot more bandwidth than just attorney client privilege. So, definitely a win for, the, uh, for President Trump's team, and it will be interesting to see where it progresses from here.
0: Now, as you know, there have been, you know, special masters, these independent parties assigned before. But this is, as you point out, historic. We've got a former president. um, We've got, you know, the elections coming up the midterms and potentially soon after that or even before. Who knows? President Trump could potentially announce um, he's running. So we may have a future presidential candidate also um, in the mix of all of this. How um, just delicate and how important is it, I think, also to just get it right? And that's why I really felt personally it was the right decision, James, not only obviously for President Trump, but also important for the American public to have faith in the investigation.
1: Well, Rita, in your lead into this, I mean, you nailed it, and you suggested that 99.9 out to infinity uh, percent of law enforcement officers do the right thing. We, we certainly know that there are there are bad, there are corrupt, and there are um, you know law enforcement officers that are guilty of criminal acts. We know that and in the FBI particularly since 2016 um, the american public is, has has seen it laid bare that there were a number of instances where it's it's beyond just supposition but where the nonpartisan apolitical inspector general for the Department of Justice determined that there were agents and and senior level officials in the FBI attorneys and agents that kind of put their finger on the scale and we all know the names the James Comeys and the Andrew McCabe's and the Kevin Kleinsmith's and the Peter Strucks and the Lisa Pages we all know those those names are, are almost ubiquitous now in in essentially smearing and tarnishing an agency that I spent a quarter of a century in but now we have, we have new individuals that are being brought to light now by whistleblowers. And I know that Senator Grassley, as, as well as Congressman Jordan, um, have spoken to some of these whistleblowers. And now we have new names, the Timothy Tibbalts, who is an assistant special agent in charge that apparently suppressed the Hunter Biden laptop information prior to the election. And look, Reed, I'll wrap this up by saying this. This is a tough needle to thread. No one wants to do what James Comey did back in the summer of 2016 step before cameras and speak to an ongoing investigation um, that has not been adjudicated as in mid-year exam, which was the Hillary Clinton classified information on a private email server case. No one wants that to happen. And I think that's what they tried to do with the Hunter Biden laptop case in 2020 by not allowing that to be the story or to be the margin of victory. And I think that's what they're concerned with now as well. We're going into the midterms Anything that comes out of this investigation, and and look, I know we'll get into it, I disagree with the way that the Department of Justice used the FBI to conduct this search warrant, but is this going to have an impact on the elections? Well, we're going to find out in just a couple of months, Rita.
0: You know, you talked about um, that you disagree with the raid. And I think a lot of people do. Um, what was stunning, as you know, James, is when the attorney general came out and finally talked about it, Merrick Garland basically said, we use the least obtrusive ways. We use sort of, you know, and this was sort of like the only resort. I was thinking for a document search, this was what, you know, dozens of FBI, armed FBI agents showing up at a former president's home like that wouldn't get attention. What was your reaction just to the idea that they had to do that?
1: Yeah, that doesn't pass the smell test, and, and and here's here's why. I mean, to to argue that a search warrant is one of the least obtrusive methods for gathering evidence that that is just that is just it's just inconceivable that you know the the attorney general, the person who's the the highest law enforcement official in the land, could even suggest that. Look, we know that the National Archives and Records um, uh, Association um, were in active conversation with Donald Trump's lawyers from about January and February of this year. We know that there was some back and forth, that there were some determinations, that some items that might be in the form of president's possession needed to be secured better. We know that the attorneys were talking back and forth. For this to happen while these type of negotiations and discussions are going on, and that's taking out the fact that people are going to argue that hey, the president, when he was president, could declassify anything he wants. Let's just take that piece out for right now it doesn't make any sense that the Department of Justice elected to go this route and why and I'll tell you on Friday afternoon at 12 12 p.m. we know that a judge a federal magistrate in Florida signs the search warrant okay there's exigency attached to a search warrant you know you want to get items of evidence that might be destroyed or you know possibly lost you want to get them as quickly as possible why then, Rita? And I'll ask this as a rhetorical question did the FBI wait until Monday morning? Friday it was signed, Monday it was executed. I cannot imagine, um, in, in any of the times where I had search warrants, you know, I was the affiant and swore out a search warrant in front of a judge. Generally speaking, if it wasn't first thing the next morning or that night after it was signed, there had to be some type of case why you weren't going to execute it immediately because a search warrant is exceedingly obtrusive. You're coming to someone's house. If it's a knock-and-announce, you're knocking on the door. If they don't respond in an appropriate amount of time, you are taking the door down, and then you're going in to get what the search warrant supports might be in that place. So, Rita, it, it, it defies credulity. I don't understand how they can make the case for, oh, my goodness, Pyongyang or Hanoi or Moscow or Beijing might have been gotten it some of these classified, these top-secret classified documents, and then they wait three days before executing it. Rita? It just boggles the mind.
0: Yeah, I agree. And everybody, we are talking to former FBI supervisory agent, also a law and security, uh, law enforcement and security analyst, James Galliano. I think one of the best law enforcement guys out there in the business. And James, you know, you talked about, um, yeah, they come in and they're going through everything. And as you know, you've executed search warrants. You've overseen them. Um, we know now from President Trump, apparently they went through Melania's clothes. Uh, I think he says they went through Barron's clothes, too. Um, what's your thought? Is that typical procedure? And then remember that shot when they put out the itemized list that was taken from Mar-a-Lago? It showed these documents that it said classified or folders that said classified or top secret. But then they were next to magazines and Time magazine covers. Like, like to me, it looked like they took everything but the kitchen sink.
1: So there's generally speaking there's 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 three classifications for documents like this. There's top secret, there's secret, and then there's confidential. Now at the upper, upper upper echelon of top secret, there's what we call top secret slash SCI that stands for sensitive compartmented information now those are the type documents those are nuclear secrets those are things that cannot cannot be shared anywhere or lost or stolen or you know mishandled if you will now in this instance your your question is where would they allow the agents to search well I'll give you this an example if if I'm looking for a rifle an AR-15 that might have been used in a homicide I am not allowed to look inside a woman 's ring box i 'm not allowed to look anywhere where that rifle could not be concealed now when you 're looking for documents that kind of opens the aperture up and it allows you to look in, in different places, you can look under the bed now. I have to believe that that the FBI and the Department of Justice had specific information about where these documents were located. They were supposedly in a particular room that the FBI and and the DOJ um, were going to go to seize. Now, if they got there and then they discovered that there might have been documents in another room... Or they they had heard through their source, and I, and I understand in this case they had multiple sources said that they might be in different places. Look, again, it's 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 mind-boggling because you're thinking, you know, the president doesn't pack those boxes when he leaves the White House. The you know he has GSA, the Government Services Administration. They pack. Could something have been mispackaged? Should he have not been in possession of this or not possession of that? It's a fair question, Rita, to say, why are you looking in Melania's hat box or why are you looking in Barron's sock drawer unless they had specific information that that's where these classified documents might have been secreted? And I don't know that. I don't think any of us know that right now. But, yeah, that, that, that still kind of defies credulity, if you ask me.
0: And uh, we were hearing this week that apparently they took medical records. Tax correspondence, accounting records, that was sort of part of the justification, uh, in part, uh, why this judge, the district judge, Eileen Cannon, said we should get a special master, an independent party in there. Uh, That sounds to me like a bit of a fishing expedition by the FBI
1: and, and that 's and that's a fair charge now, now, I will say this: agents acting in good faith, and I have to believe that the the men and women that were actually you know, sent to do this conduct this raid were you know operating in a sense where they knew that every move they made. Was going to be scrutinized. Look, you know that anytime you go into somebody's house, I mean, it takes a lot for that to happen. There has to be probable cause that there is evidence of a crime in this location. You have to convince a federal magistrate or a federal judge that you need to go there to get that because there are no other less obtrusive ways to secure that. Now, having said that, when I've done, you know, search warrants or overseen search warrants being executed of drug dealers or mafia guys or white collar criminals or pedophiles, there are often times where you're trying to conduct a search and you inadvertently take something that later you realize needs to be returned I know there was some hay that was being made that the president's passports were taken and some things were taken that should have been taken I'm gonna give the agents the benefit of the doubt here I know that they were under you know a a lot of pressure to get in and get out as quickly as possible and and those kind of things could happen I don't believe that the individual agents that were there were specifically trying to take things to make another case I think they must have been very very careful the Attorney General guidelines tell them how they have to operate and and execute a search warrant and i cannot imagine the agents would have gone rogue in that situation that's again me just reading the judicial tea leaves
0: all right well stay with us if you could uh we're going to have much more everybody with james galliano one of the best law enforcement folks out there i think a former fbi supervisory agent continuing and when we come back we're going to talk more about whistleblowers Hunter Biden, and a lot more, everybody. And welcome back to the Rita Cosby Show. We are talking about the politicization of at least a few members of the FBI and the impact of it all, not just on the Mar-a-Lago raid, but Hunter Biden case and so much more. And we are continuing with... The great former FBI supervisory agent, my longtime friend, and also a terrific security and law enforcement analyst, James Galliano. Um, James, let's get right to it with the Hunter Biden case because this was explosive uh, that we heard from Mark Zuckerberg, you know, of Facebook, saying, "Well, the FBI came to me right before the election and basically told me there'll be Russian disinformation, and we suppressed the Hunter Biden story." Uh, What's your reaction as someone who spent, you know, such a huge career at the FBI?
1: You know, uh, again, Rita, I want to give the benefit of the doubt to the agents that actually went out and, you know, and and visited with the with the big tech folks to to advise that uh, there was potential Russian disinformation campaigns out there because they are out there. They do exist. And and I believe that they were acting in good faith now. You know, I say that, and then uh, I kind of wince a little bit, and I go, but it it essentially provided high cover to big tech, which is obviously a, um, a, a an entity that 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 would like to see the left and, and Democrats succeed. Now, I'm not saying everybody. I, I hate, and I'm always careful in not isolating the few to smear the whole. But when it comes to to behemoths, tech behemoths like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and places like that. I think that what that did was that gave high cover then to those, those entities to then suppress or reduce the amount of exposure that story was. Look what they did to the New York Post. I mean, the New York Post, they essentially censored, they throttled back the, the, the New York Post and the story on the Hunter Biden laptop. You add to that the 51 former. Right, the fifty one former intelligence community, IC officials. You have the heads of former heads of the CIA and the NSA and and the DIA, all these senior officials, fifty one of them that come out and look, they threaded a needle, didn't they? They didn't say this is definitely Russian disinformation, but they said, Boy, it walks like a duck, it quacks like a duck, it smells like a duck. We're not saying it's actually a duck, but, boy, this is probably a duck. And that's how they they hid behind that, that they didn't know that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation, but it allowed them to get out in front of the story, and it allowed the current president, Joe Biden, to then say, look, even these senior-level former officials are saying this is nonsense, it's nonsense.
0: Yeah, it allowed for him to dismiss it when it should not have been dismissed. And you look at like the double standards because they sure weren't saying, you know, it was Russian disinformation on Trump cases. So the double standards are just incredible. Um, I want to get to it because we have just about two minutes left, James, but I want to ask you. About the morale at the FBI. Um, We know that uh, Timothy Tebow, who is his senior agent in D.C., uh, resigned. uh, So he says there's word of other things. But what what do you make of the fact that clearly there are some people that at least are being accused of playing politics?
1: Look, I think it's, it's a tough time to be an agent right now. I actually feel for my former colleagues, and, and why is that? I retired in 2016, and I think at that time, favorability ratings for the, for, for the FBI and the American public's eye were around 95% favorable. I think recently wow. Rasmussen Reports did, a, did a, uh, a survey, 53% of people don't trust the FBI. And look, when you look at the misapplication or the disparate treatment, the misapplication of justice, the way that they treated James Comey and Andy McCabe, the way that they treated Hillary Clinton, the way that they treated Hunter and Joe Biden, from the way that they're treating the former president, number 45. I think a case can be made that there's a reason why fully one half of this country doesn't trust the FBI. And it breaks my heart, Rita. You know I bleed blue and gold. I love the agency that I cut my teeth in, and I still am in contact with a lot of men and women on the job. But this type of partisanship, it's got to stop, and I don't think it will unless there's a house cleaning at the top. I believe it's time for Christopher Wray either to step down or be replaced. I think that's the only way that this can happen.
0: And literally a few seconds left. Do other people feel the same way within the FBI?
1: I think so. I think you're going to hear more of this when the whistleblower reports come out, and there and some of these whistleblowers actually testify in front of Congress. Buckle your seatbelt.
0: Wow! 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 Well, let's see when that happens because we deserve to get the answers. The former president certainly does. And, of course, the American public has to have confidence in the great people in law enforcement and get the bad ones out. Uh, Former FBI supervisory agent James Galliano, so great to have you here. And you got to come back on again soon. Thanks so much